podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We're going to jump into and carry on with our new series. Now, amazingly, our new series is no longer new. Um, We're in our final instalment of this series that we've done during the month of September called New. October is just around the corner. Um, You might have noticed with the temperature, oh, it's got a bit chilly over the past few days, that's for sure. But God has taken us through his word to show us that he loves us, to show us, as we saw a few weeks ago, that his compassions are new for us every morning, that he's always in control, and also that he is doing things outside of our understanding, sometimes things that we don't grasp. We saw last week that he's doing a new thing. For our final week, We're going to go to a book that's, well, really familiar in our house because I seem to be the one who always makes the cup of tea. Um, Okay, I'm sorry for the really bad pun, but it was worth a shot. We're turning to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 through 25. And the writer here in this chapter is about to tell us the hope that we have He's about to tell us that we can gain salvation through this writing. We understand who Jesus is. And he's telling us that if we listen now, that we'll see that there's something bigger and better. You know, today you might be in a position where you feel stuck. Today you might be in a position where you feel trapped. Today you might be in a position where you feel like you're at a crossroads and you don't know which way to turn. Well, this is for you. The writer here is recording something for us that gives us hope and assurance. And perhaps you're in desperate need of that today. Life perhaps hasn't turned out into everything that you hoped it might be. Money hasn't fixed all of the problems that seem to be there. There are various other things that perhaps you've put in the position of things that might fix these things and and they haven't helped at all. Well then this, today, is for you. In these verses that we're going to read, our life, in these verses our hope, in these verses our joy, and in these verses we see salvation for humanity. None of which, let me tell you today, depend on you. None of which depend on you. Now that might be music to your ears today. That might be something that you have been waiting and longing to hear for such a long time. Because however much you try and control things, they don't seem to be in your control. However much you try and turn things into what you want them to be, they don't seem to do what you tell them to do. You see, because this now is what we're going to see today is something that is not dependent on you, but it's dependent on somebody so much greater than you or I. And in these verses, we're going to see 
that there is freedom for all of us should we choose to accept. These verses tell us that Jesus has done it for you and for me. Jesus has done what needed to be done, that God has opened up, and the Word's going to tell us, a new and living way. He's opened up for us a new and living way. And what we have to do, all we have to do, is we have to ask him into our hearts. We have to ask for forgiveness for our sin, to say sorry for our sin, and God will do the rest. Let's read Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, we just ask that as we look into your word now, that you might open up our hearts and our minds, that you might encourage us through what we see today. We thank you for it. We thank you for the writer who has recorded these things for us as you spoke through them. Lord, just bless us, we ask, that we might just see today how much you love us, all that you've done for us. And Father, if there's any that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, that your Holy Spirit might move and that lives might be changed today. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Off the bat then, as we read this section, we can see that the writer is talking to, he's appealing to those that know and love the Lord, those that would call themselves Christians. That's who he's talking to, those that have put their faith in Christ. So then you and I, who know and love the Lord, well, we should listen because that's what, uh, we're the target audience, as it were. We can see that in verse 19, he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, so those that are saved, those that are in Christ, children of God, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have the confidence, and he goes on. But also, the writer is bringing some great news, some perfect news, some good news for all. You remember the verse, and perhaps if you've been in and around church, or maybe you've seen before, John 3.16, that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. You'll you remember that. It says, For God so loved the world. So this is good news for all. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And then the verse goes on, so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. You see, there's a, 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 a good news for all of us who would put our faith in him because we're seeing that what God has done through Jesus here in these verses, we're seeing what God has done through Jesus Christ 
in line also with the old covenants, as we'll see, and the old order of things uh, with the Jewish nation Israel. And this is amazing because we get an Old Testament and a New Testament tie in to show you and me that we have salvation through Jesus as we put our faith in him. The writer shows us that Jesus was symbolically a curtain, a veil that was opened up so that you and me can come freely into the presence of God. Listen at verse 19 and 20. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. You see, what we're seeing now is that Jesus has opened up a way, but we have to understand, we have to go back a little bit to find out what these bits here mean. And what was the case back in the old order of things in the Jewish nation and, and the Jewish custom is there was a high priest that was appointed high priest over Israel. And this high priest, once a year, would need to go, by God's order, would need to go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God, a particular area that was set aside just for the high priest. And he would need to go there once a year to make sacrifice, to give atonement for the sins that Israel as a nation had committed. This is what his task was, just once a year. And such was the gravity, such was the magnitude of this, that is this man goes into, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, that they would have bells around the bottom of his robe and they would tie a rope to his leg that people outside of this room would have hold of. And if the high priest should for whatever reason collapse or even drop dead, and the bells stopped and a little tug on the rope found that there wasn't any movement. That instead of going in there to fetch the high priest out, they would drag him out. Because such was the, the, the majesty of God in the Holy of Holies. In that place only the high priest could go once a year. This is how God set it out to be in the first instance with the Jewish nation. That if they went in there, they would drop dead. Because you cannot go into the presence of God and live unless, and we'll, we'll find out what the unless is. So the, the gravity and the magnitude of this now becomes relevant for you and for me. Because it says here, let's read it again. Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Wait a minute. The, the most holy place, Matt, that I can't go into because I'm not the high priest. Yeah, but you have the confidence to enter the, ho uh, the, the holy, most holy place. Why? By the blood of Jesus. You see, because Jesus has opened up a, listen, verse 20, a new and living way through the curtain that is his body. And again, symbolically, as we see Jesus here being almost referred to as the curtain or the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from everybody else, but only the high priest, just once a year, remember, that as Jesus was on the cross, as his arms were open wide, nailed there, a man who knew no sin became sin for you and me, and by his blood, by his body on the cross, 
He has opened up a way for us to go into the presence of God. How? By just stepping there? No, through him, through his blood. You see, the Bible tells us, if you go back, you see that Jesus Christ is the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. He is the high priest. He has opened up a way for us. I go through Jesus to God. I don't go through a human being. I go through Jesus Christ, God in flesh. I go through him and only him. And that is the only way we can get into the presence of God as I put my faith and my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as I say sorry for the sin in my life. And I make him Lord of my life. I can go into that holy place and symbolically Jesus has made that way as the curtain was opened up. And the word goes further than, than just this. It actually tells us that as we understand what's happened here, Hebrews 9 and verse 22. In fact, the law requires, listen, that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So when we see these words, we start to see that the gravity is far greater than, oh, well, Jesus is just made away. But actually through his blood, Jesus had to take our place on the cross. Jesus had to, to, to bleed, to die in our stead so that his blood would deal with my sin. His blood would deal with your sin. You see that for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. And here, Jesus has done just that. He has died in our place. He knew no sin, yet he became sin. The sin was put on him and God's wrath was turned towards him. And Jesus there on the cross dealt with my sin and my shame and your sin and your shame. And also, the word goes even further, as we see in Matthew chapter 27. And this is incredible. Again, you can read over these things. And, and those that have been in Hope Church or maybe been in and around church for, for many years will, will know and understand this uh, to some degree. It says in Matthew 27, verse 50 and 51. Let me, uh, let me just read it for you. And when Jesus had cried out in a loud voice, he gave up his, his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. You see, at that moment, when Jesus gave up his spirit, nobody could take it from him. Note the wording. Jesus gave up his spirit. And when he did, the temple curtain was torn in two, making a way then for people like you and me to go into the Holy of Holies. How? Well, just off my own back. No, remember, through Jesus Christ, through his blood on the cross. So now I can go into the very presence of God through Jesus Christ. That is incredible. Something that as we've seen, the gravity and the, the magnitude of all that had to go around this being possible in the old order, the old covenant. But now the writer of Hebrews tells us that there is a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain that is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Incredible, isn't it? 
We have the opportunity today to see in this work what God has done for us. We have the opportunity today to see what Jesus has done for us through the work of the cross. And when I get into the presence of God, when I pray to him, when I go into that place, I am going through Jesus Christ. And that means that my name and those who know and love the Lord, it means that your name is being spoken to God. Jesus is saying, he is with me. She's with me. Whoever you put your name there, Matthew is with me. And I can then go, because of Jesus Christ, I can go into that holy place before a holy God because of what Jesus has done for me. And you have that opportunity today. If you don't know the Lord as your own personal saviour, you have the opportunity today to see what these words say, to take them and understand them, to sit on them, to think on them, and to see and to find out for yourself what Jesus has done for you. The temple curtain has been torn in two. Jesus has made a way back to God that sin was preventing us from getting. But, but now, because of this new and living way, we have the opportunity to choose today a saviour who loves us enough to die for us. And it's as simple as saying, I'm sorry, Lord, for the sin that I've committed. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and change me. Make me new. It's as simple as that for you today. For us that have stepped into this new life, the writer prompts us to something. Verse 23, he says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. You know, today there is so much going off in the world around about us. And so many times we can feel shaken and we can feel uh, shaken right to our core. And there's a lot of fear and worry in these times. But the word here tells us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope professed. Do not take your eyes off Jesus Christ. Do not for a moment take your eye off of him. Because when you do, as Peter did, he realises the storm around about him and his faith starts to crumble and he begins to sink. And my challenge, the word's challenge, God's challenge to us today is do not take your eyes off your saviour because there is a hope that we know and we will hold unswervingly because he who promised, listen, 
is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And the word goes just a little bit further as well. And let us, verse 24, and let us consider how we may, listen, spur one another on. And, and that's a challenge for us too, Christians, because what we have to do is just understand that we're not the only ones going through these times. We have to think about those around about us. We have to share with those around about us. We have to love on those around about us. We might have to dream up some new ways because nipping around for a cuppa may not be an option. But what we can do is we can pick up the phone, we can write a note, we can share and we can just let somebody know that we're thinking about them, that we're praying for them and that God's got this, he's in control. So spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And, and that's a challenge too, isn't it? Because it's, it's easy. But if, if you're unable to make it to a physical church building, keep tuning in online. Do not give up the habit of meeting together because it's good for us. It's good for our soul. It refreshes us and it helps us to reset and keep our minds fixed on him so that we don't drift and we don't lose focus off our saviour. Says, hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, let's continue to do these things to encourage each other. Because one day, might be in my lifetime. He may well return. We have every reason to believe that that could happen now. We have every reason to believe that that could be in the next moments. But while ever we have our minds set on that, we're ready and we're ready to give all for our God who has given us life. So let's hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let's keep our eyes fixed on him. Let's not get distracted, but let's continue to persevere. Let's continue to push on and to know that there is a new and living way and to know that his compassions are new every morning. Let's hold on to the fact that he is doing a new thing and that he loves us. He wants the best for us. And church, he's got it. He's in control. Let's pray. Lord, we are just astounded by all that you've done for us, that you would give your very best in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he would come down to planet Earth. Him who knew no sin would take on my sin and my shame. And he would there on the cross be punished for my transgressions, for my sin. Lord, we thank you that he defeated sin on that cross. We thank you that he defeated death as he rose again after three days. And Lord, we thank you that we have that assurance in the word that he is seated at your right hand and he's interceding for each of us today. He's saying, Matt's with me. And Lord, that is a privilege beyond words. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just encourage us in these times. You would help us to stand strong, to persevere, to keep and to hold unswervingly 
to the hope that we profess because he who promised is faithful. Lord, we thank you. We lift high in the name of Jesus today. Bless us, we ask in Jesus' precious name. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.